Welcome to Ministry Focus Podcast with Chad and all. This is the place where we talk real and we live Jesus. Hello and welcome to today's podcast. I am Chad Nall and I'm excited to do a daily devotion with you today. Hey, uh, did you know Christ was Lord of all? Paul goes into great detail in the letter that he wrote to the book of Colossians, to the letter he wrote to the church at Colossians. And listen to what he says in Colossians chapter 1, verses 13 through 20. He says, Who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sin, who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature, for by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions, or principalities, or powers, all things were created by him and for him. And he is before all things, and by him all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. For it pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell. And having made peace through the blood of his cross, by him to reconcile all things unto himself, by him I say, whether they be things in earth or things in heaven. Wow, that's a wonderful passage of scripture. I believe that it is probably, uh, there's probably no paragraph in the whole New Testament that contains more concentrated doctrine about the Lord Jesus Christ than this one. You see, the false teachers in Colossians, like the false teachers of our own day, would not deny the importance of Jesus Christ. They simply dethrone him, giving him prominence, but not preeminence. You see, in their philosophy, Jesus was but one of emanations that proceeded from God and through which men could reach God. It was this claim that Paul refuted here in Colossians chapter 1. You see, we can keep ourselves from going on a detour if we'll just remember that Paul wrote to prove the preeminence of Christ, and he did so by using four unanswerable arguments. First, Christ is the Savior. In verses 13 and 14, Paul addresses this. You see, man's greatest problem is sin, a problem that can never be solved by a philosopher or a religious teacher. Listen, sinners need a Savior. So these two verses, they present a very vivid picture of the four saving actions of Christ on our behalf. In verse 13, the the word tells us he delivered us. You see, this word means rescued from danger. He could not deliver. We could not deliver ourselves from the guilt and the penalty of sin. But Jesus could and did deliver us. We were in danger of spending eternity apart from God. You see, the sword of God's argument or sort of God's judgment was hanging over our heads. But this deliverance involves something else. We were delivered from the authority of Satan and the power of darkness. Not only did he deliver us, but he also translated us is what verse 13 continues to say. The word was used, this word was was used to describe the deportation of a population from one country into another. You see, history records the fact that uh, Antioch's the great transported at least 2,000 Jews from Babylonia to Colossians. See, Jesus 
did not release us from bondage, only to have us wander around aimlessly. He moved us into his own kingdom of light and made us victors over Satan's kingdom of darkness. Earthly rulers transported the defeated people, but Jesus Christ transported the winners. Let me say that again. You and I are winners if we believe Jesus is Lord. You see, the phrase, his dear son, can be translated the son of his love. At the baptism, the transfiguration of Jesus Christ, the Father declared that Jesus was his beloved son in Matthew chapter 3, verse 17. You'll see it again also in Matthew chapter 17, verse number 5. You see, this fact reminds us of the price the Father paid when he gave his son for us. It also reminds us that his kingdom is a kingdom of love as well as a kingdom of light. Not only did he deliver us, translate us, he also redeemed us as verse 14 tells us. You see, the word means to release a prisoner by the payment of a ransom. Paul did not suggest that Jesus paid a ransom to Satan in order to rescue us for the kingdom of darkness. By his death and resurrection, Jesus met the holy demands of God's law. You see, Satan seeks to accuse us and imprison us because he knows we are guilty of breaking God's law. But the ransom, but the ransom has been paid on Calvary. And through faith in Jesus Christ, let me say, we have been set free. Not only were we redeemed, but he has forgiven us. Verse 14 goes on to say he has forgiven us. Redemption and forgiveness go together. Matter of fact, Ephesians chapter 1 verse 7 tells us this. The word translated forgiveness means to send away or to cancel a debt. You see, Christ has not only set us free and transferred us to a new kingdom, but he has canceled every debt so that we cannot be enslaved again. Satan cannot find anything in the files that will indict us. Boy, that's... That's amazing, isn't it? You see, in recent years, the church has rediscovered the forget, the freedom of forgiveness. God's forgiveness of sinners is an act of His grace. We do not deserve to be forgiven, nor can we earn forgiveness. Knowing that we are forgiven makes it possible for us to fellowship with God, enjoy His grace, and seek to do His will. Forgiveness is not an excuse for sin. Rather, it is an encouragement for obedience. And because we have been forgiven, we can forgive others. So number two this morning, not only is Christ Savior, but Christ is also Creator. Verses 15 through 17 addresses this. The false teachers were very confused about creation. They taught that matter, they, they taught that matter was evil, including the human body. They also taught that Jesus Christ did not have a real body since this would uh, have put him in contact with evil matter. You see, the results of these false teachings were tragic, including extreme on the one hand and unbridled sin on the other. After all, if your body is sinful, you either uh, try to enslave it or you enjoy it. You see, in this section, Paul explained the fourfold relationship of Jesus Christ to creation. Listen, he tells us in verse 15, it, he existed before creation. Not only that, he also goes on to say that he created all things. And then in verse 16, he continues to say, all things exist for him. And he also says he holds all things together. You see, by him, all things consist is what verse 17 says. 
A guide took a group of people through an atomic laboratory and explained how all matter was composed of rapidly moving electric particles. The tourists studied models of molecules and were amazed to learn that, uh, that matter is made up primarily of space. During the question period, one visitor asked, If this is the way matter works, what holds it all together? For that, the guide had no answer. But for the Christian... We each have an answer. That answer is Jesus Christ. Because He is before all things, He can hold all things together. Praise the Lord for that. Number three, Christ is also the head of the church. In verse 18, we find this out. There are many images of the church in the New Testament, and the body is one of the most important. No denomination or local assembly can claim to be the whole whole body of Christ. For that body is composed of all true believers. You see, when a person trusts Christ, he is immediately baptized by the Holy Spirit into this body. The baptism of the Spirit is not a post-conversion experience because it occurs the instant a person believes in Jesus Christ. You see, each Christian is a member of this spiritual body, and Jesus Christ is the head. You see, the Greek usage here. The word head meant source and origin as well as leader or ruler. You see, Jesus Christ is the source of the church, his body, uh, his body and the leader. Paul called him the beginning, which tells us that Jesus Christ has priority in time as far as his church is concerned. The term beginning can be translated originator. No matter which name you use, it will affirm the preeminence of Jesus Christ in the church. It's important for us to understand that. And listen, it has well been said, if Jesus Christ is not Lord of all, He cannot be Lord at all. Jesus Christ is the Savior. He's the Creator. He's the head of the church. He is eternal God. In our lives, He deserves to have the preeminence. So as I close today, I'll ask the question, Is Jesus Christ preeminent in your life? God bless. Have a wonderful day. Look forward to talking with you tomorrow. If you need to contact me, go to chadnallministries.org. Hit the contact page and I'll uh, reach out to you as soon as possible. Have a great day and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to Ministry Focus Podcast with Chad and all the place where we talk real and live Jesus. Be sure to tune in next week as we focus on another area of ministry in the local church.